morning, church. Uh, thank you for joining in on our online service again. Uh, hopefully, you guys are having a beautiful week so far. Um, and uh, we just want to invite you guys to continue to worship with us. So uh, you guys can stand in your own homes or you guys can dance, do whatever, whatever glorifies God. And uh, yeah, let's get it started. Sing together. Come, let us worship our King. And come, let us bow at His feet. Cause He has done great things. And see what our Savior has done. And see how His love overcomes. Cause He has done great.
Amen. Praise God. If you guys have your Bibles, please turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 13. We'll be reading in the ESV version. So let's all read this together. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us all join in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for giving us this day just to continue to praise your name and to glorify you, Lord. And Lord, we ask you please just to be with us in our hearts and our mouths and our hands and our feet as we dance and we rejoice to you, Lord, that we continue to sing to you and praise your name, Lord, in everything that we do. Um, as we go on uh, for today, Lord, we ask you please just to... Um, be the fire in us, Lord, and allow us just to continue to uh, just spread your news, Lord, and spread your truth as we sing these songs and as we dive into scripture later on um, into our sermon today, Lord. And we ask you, please, just to continue to be with us and continue to uh, be with everyone else who still needs to hear the good news and let us be the one to be able to share that as well, Lord. And we thank you for everything. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. We sing it together. I see the King of Glory coming on the clouds with fire. The whole shakes. The whole shakes. Yeah. I see His love. Washing over all our sins, the people sing, the people sing, and Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, and Hosanna, Hosanna. I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. I see a near revival soon as we pray. Hosanna, Hosanna, 
Trinity Alliance Church family and glad you were able to get online and join us here this morning. Wish you could be with us in our amphitheater, but we realize there's different circumstances for different people that make it necessary for you to join us online and we're thankful for that and we're glad you're here. I have just a few things that I want to share with you, some things that are coming up and some things that are available for you. Uh, the first one is our church directory is now out and available. And you can get this in two formats. If you'd like to receive this directory in a digital format, contact the church office, and Lisa will email this to you. And then you'll have it right there on your computer and your other electronic devices for anywhere that you go. You can be able to look up uh, addresses and phone numbers and uh, harass different people. No, you shouldn't do that. Never mind. You can uh, uh, get the information and things that you need for that and contact people and, and uh, go from there. So. Uh, we also have hard copies available if you don't want the digital, and so just contact the church office and we'll get you a hard copy for that uh, as well. Also, there is a membership class coming up on July 26th. It'll be following uh, the, the service here at the church, and uh, you need to sign up for that. You can do that by going to tacreading.info. Uh, for that. Um, if you're having trouble with that, call the church office and we'll get you signed up. And, and this is a class uh, not just uh, to, to prepare you to join the church informal membership, but it's also a class that gives you some more history and information uh, about Trinity Alliance, where we come from, and, and uh, to hear where we're going and the vision and things that God has given us. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken uh, that class before and been a part of it, we want you to do that. Um, did I say lunch would be served? Oh, Lunch will be served for that as well. So we'll take care of that for you as well. So um, come on and be a part of that. And also, there is uh, something coming up on August 14th. Um, this is all I got for you right now is we're going to have a movie night here at Trinity Lion Church out in our amphitheater. 
and um, there is more details uh, for that and coming about that on the TACReading.info site, so be watching uh, for those details as they come about. And um, uh, if you have questions about it, again, give us a call. The last uh, item that I have for you in terms of announcement is there is a baby shower for Elisa Mitchell uh, coming up on August 9th. And uh, you can go to TACReading.info, the What's Happening card there, to get more information about that, uh, where it's happening, and who to call. Um, the contact is Connie Lewis for that. And so you can get the contact information there, and Connie would be happy to help you with all that as well. And so that's about all the time I'm going to take for the announcements and things. Uh, they're in the bulletin that came in the email that was attached, um, uh, sent to you this morning. The bulletin was attached to that. So make sure you read that over. And um, I hope that you read the uh, things that were included with that. I hope that you read Pastor Sean's email this last Friday uh, that came out about some of the things that were happening here at the church. And I want to just take a, a few moments to just um, lead us in prayer for some different people that are affected by the, um, the COVID virus and the things that are going on. Uh, some of you that are watching here um, this morning, you've been affected by this in, in, in ways that uh, some of us others have not. Uh, because of certain circumstances, um, it's mandated that you need to join us online because of the risk that is yours. And we understand that. We want you to know that, that we do not look down on you for that. We appreciate that. And we want you to know we stand with you in that. And, and we want to uh, affirm you in, in your decisions and things to care for yourself in this way. And so we're glad to be able to bring this to you for that as well. We also want to... Uh, uh, mention and, and uh, uh, thank our first responders, our, our law enforcement officers, our firefighters, our ambulance personnel that are out there on the front lines when, when uh, things happen with this and the exposure that is theirs when they come to this as well. And, and just the, the unselfishness that is there as well for them and, and, and taking the precautions they need to take, but they need our prayers as well. Certainly for the doctors and nurses in the ERs, in all the hospitals across this nation, that when people are sick with this thing, that's one where they go. And, and the exposure rates are, are high there for them. The, the opportunity to be exposed is, is something very high. My own daughter-in-law having to go through that and exposure and things, so I can relate to that. And, and then there's, uh, there's all of those that, that do all of the other essential services and things that, that go on with this that, that put people in, in uh, the harm's way of this virus as well. And, I'm not, and I don't want us to have a spirit of, of fear and living in fear over this thing. But I, I think that it is healthy for us to have a spirit of respect for it and, and to just, just lift it to the Lord in prayer, just asking him to give us wisdom, give us discernment, uh, give us protection, and give protection for those that are on the front lines and those in the hospitals, uh, those that are continuing those essential services, uh, for those in our families. We all have uh, families in differing uh, family members in differing spheres that are going through this and, and, and different uh, possibilities for them to be exposed. But then there's also the other side of this. There, is, there are those people who, who are being affected by this whole chaos and, 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 and upheaval in our lives with battling depression and, and battling uh, sadness and, and, and just not knowing what to, to do with themselves and frustration and, and just that, that cabin fever kind of feeling that goes on. We don't want to forget those, and maybe that's you. We don't want to forget you in this either, that you certainly need our prayers as well. 
And so I want to just take the next couple of minutes and just lead us all in prayer for all of these people that I have mentioned and, and that the Lord would just continue to have his hand on us and bless us in this way. So would you join me in prayer together? Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God who, who doesn't leave us on this earth to figure things out on our own. But you have given us your Holy Spirit to, to lead us and to guide us, for, for us to, to listen to and, and to walk in his power. That as, as we come across things like this whole COVID virus, Lord, that we don't have to figure this out on our own. That we can live in boldness and confidence that you have us in your hands. And, and Lord, I, I want to pray for those right now that that are at home and having to remain at home and, 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 and isolate themselves because of their high risk to the COVID virus. I pray that they would be encouraged. I pray that, that you would just continue to, to bring them encouragement, whether through uh, just you meeting them in a very supernatural, special way, and or you meet them through others who, who encourage them with cards and prayers and, and just, just saying hello and remembering that they're still out there. Lord, that you would just continue to move us as a people to care for those in, in that sphere as well. Lord, for our first responders and our law enforcement officers who are out there on those front lines and daily uh, taking that risk now as well as all the other risks that they take. Pray that you would have your hand of protection on them. They would continue to be watched over and that they would all be able to go home at night uh, or in the, in the morning if they work a night shift with, with uh, safety and, and, and not uh, being exposed to this virus, Lord. For our doctors and nurses that work the ERs and other wards of the hospitals as well, Lord, that you would continue to have your hand of protection over them, that you would give them all the wisdom and discernment they need to deal with it in these times, Lord. And, and, and for the other workers that are, that are on, on, out there doing their jobs, Lord, in the wake of all of this, may you bless them, may you encourage them, may we just all continue to appreciate one another and, and all that, that, we, that we all bring to this that we would just continue to be protected by your great and mighty and awesome hand. And finally, Lord, for those who are struggling, for those who are battling depression because of this, who, who are wrestling with, with deep, dark thoughts, Lord, may, may you rescue them out of that darkness and, and in whatever fashion, Lord, and may you shine the light brightly and it may hope reign. May they be lifted up out of the pit of despair and brought into your glorious kingdom. In, in a way that they've never experienced before. Lord, you are God. You have not abandoned us in this time. And so we trust that, that as we continue to move forward in these days, that there, there are brighter days ahead. There is a time when you, when you will rescue us out of this and you have something new and glorious for us. Now, Lord, we trust you for this. We ask for your great patience. We ask for your great grace to just fall on each one of us as we journey through this time. Thank you, Lord, for being a God who loves us so much that you gave your one and only son for us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, let's worship the Lord's morning song. China. Sing again. Who am I that the highest king would welcome? I was lost, but he brought me and oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. See, God, who the sun sets free. 
Amen. to Jesus. And all to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. And I will ever love and trust Him in His presence and I surrender all. I surrender all. all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. And
sing out to Jesus. And all to Jesus I surrender now. I fill the sacred flame. All the joy of full salvation, glory, glory to Amazing grace together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I once was lost, but now found. Was blind, but now I see. Grace, just grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour that first believed in my chains of.
in the earth, the earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbears to shine, but God who called me here below will be One more time. Cause my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, a strength on me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you this morning that we can come and that we can worship your name. Lord, just uh, thank you for, for the grace that you give us. Thank you for the, the free gift of salvation that you have gifted on all of us. Lord, just uh, pray for Pastor Sean this morning as he comes to give your word. Lord, just pray that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would speak through him. And Lord, that, uh, that we would uh, have ears to listen what you are going to tell us this morning. Just thank you again this morning for being able to worship your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Celebrations. Celebrate good time. Come on. Celebrations uh, are a big part of uh, our lives, isn't it? I mean, we uh, are always looking for opportunities to celebrate, it seems like. And, you know, things like anniversaries and uh, things like, you know, birthdays and uh, things, you know, like, I don't know, uh, winning, uh, you know, championship or, or uh, just, you know, uh, quinceañeras, right? You know, and things like that. Uh, we're in a culture and in a time where we as humans, we just love to look for celebration. And not even just today, it seems like throughout history, we even see in the Old Testament, you know, all these different feasts and different celebrations that they had over and over again every year in order to have an opportunity to just get together and have a good time. Uh, celebration is a part of our life, and, and it's important to pay attention to what we celebrate. 
Uh, because it's interesting, because celebrations, what we celebrate, actually says something about us. Uh, it tells us, uh, you know, it tells, tells us what, what's important to us, right? It, it reveals the things that are important, because the things that are important are the things we celebrate, right? Uh, and so when you have another birthday, right, that's worth celebrating, right? Yeah, yeah, you got another one in, right? And, and so we recognize that life is important. Uh, we also recognize it's, uh, you know, be- what we celebrate is something that we often tend to focus on as well. We want that celebration. And, and so the things that are celebrated, you know, we strive to achieve them and to be able to be a part of those. I mean, think about anniversaries, wedding anniversaries, right? You know, we, we are going to work on that relationship so that we can have that one more year so that we can be that couple that's been together for 30 or 40 or 50 or maybe 60 years, right? And because uh, there's, you know, there's something about about that that's sweet, that's worth celebrating, and, and the more that you have, it seems like the more fun that is and the more exciting it is. It also, though, it reveals to us, what we celebrate reveals kind of what is our perspective of success. In other words, how, how do we find success in this world? What are the things, what are the people, what are the things that we can do that define our success? You know, the things that we celebrate kind of help us to realize where that is. And, you know, again, having a birthday, it's not, you know, we're not doing much to make that happen. You know, sometimes it just happens. We get to continue to live. Uh, but a wedding and an anniversary, you know, that, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, it's, we celebrate and it's like, okay, that's success to be able to do that again and again and again. And so uh, celebrations are significant because they reveal the things that are important for us. And they help us to recognize the things that we need to work for and focus on and strive for. And ultimately, they kind of tell us what it means to have success in this life. And, you know, celebrations are different for different groups of people. Certainly different cultures have different things that they celebrate, different things that they are focused on, things, different things that are important to them. But also families are different as well, and, and even within your own family. And even individuals have different things they celebrate. And I uh, think about even careers, you know, careers, different businesses, different uh, career paths. They have different ways of celebrating uh, what, you know, is success. What are the important things? What are the things that we want people to be focusing on? on. And so this morning, I want to take some time to think about celebration because we are in a kingdom of celebration. The kingdom of God that we exist in as Christians is a kingdom that's filled with celebration. But, and, and we can find out a lot about this kingdom by simply recognizing the things that we celebrate. So, so what is Jesus telling us to celebrate? What are the things that he sees as important? What are the things that he's telling us to focus on? What are the things that he is laying out is, hey, this is success. So we are in a kingdom of celebration, but what are we celebrating We're going to use a, uh, another parable of Jesus, this one in Luke chapter 15. And this uh, chapter is a great chapter because it actually has three parables back to back to back that are all centered on uh, kind of this idea of salvation and celebration. 
which is really cool. Of course, they're, they're, uh, they're all parables that you have heard before. Of course, the lost sheep is the first one, then the lost coin is the second one, and then the last one is the lost son or the prodigal son. And so uh, we're just going to look at the first parable in this chapter, and I, I want to read that, uh, this uh, passage, and then we'll kind of talk through it uh, this morning. Chapter 15 of Luke, verse 1 to 7. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, near to, excuse me, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them? does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to him, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Great parable, talking about lost sheep, talking about how if you just lose one, if you've got 100 and you lose one of them, you're going to go get that one, and when you find that one, there's going to be a great celebration. And so let's break this down, and I, I think the first aspect of celebration that Jesus is pointing us to is the fact that we, uh, that the kingdom of heaven celebrates uh, uh, spiritual things first. Uh, Again, I'll read the first uh, couple of verses because it sets the tone for this perspective. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. What What we have going on here is that the Pharisees were upset because Jesus is hanging out with, quote unquote, sinners. He's hanging out with the tax collectors. He's hanging out with the outcasts. He's hanging out with the poor and the lonely and the, and the ones who are not part of the in crowd. And the Pharisees are bent out of shape about this because in their minds, the perspective that they bring to, their, to life is that the physical blessings of the world that they all have, these Pharisees, are signs that they are being blessed by God and as a result worth celebrating. They celebrated the fact that they had wealth because of their position in the culture. They celebrated the fact that they had knowledge that these sinners did not have. They celebrated the fact that they lived righteously, perfect, right, before the law. These were the things that, then they were like, you know, these are the good things. These are what the kingdom is about. It's about being able to do all of these things and have all of these things. Jesus should be hanging out with us. He should be the one, uh, those are the things that Jesus should be celebrating, but he's hanging out with these sinners. And so Jesus in this parable, first and foremost, is saying that in the kingdom of God, we celebrate spiritual things first. It's not about the wealth that we have. It's not about the physical blessings that we've received. It's not about our position and status in this world. 
Those are not the most important things. Those are not the things that we need to be celebrating first and foremost. What we celebrate in God's kingdom is first and foremost the spiritual things. That is primary. That is the area that we need to focus on the most. That's the thing that we are going to celebrate the most. The things that happen internally, the spiritual things. When the world is in chaos and I'm able to sit in my living room and feel peace. When I, I, I just lost my job. When I've just had this uh, brutal fight with a, a family member or a friend. And I can sit in that moment of chaos and tension and feel peace. That's something worth celebrating because it's an internal spiritual reality that we're able to enjoy instead of just this physical reality. The truth is the physical things come and go. We never know if we're gonna get them. We need to be very careful. It's not that they're not worth celebrating on occasion, but we need to be careful of how we celebrate these physical things. Because we can focus so much on them that that is the only source of joy that we have. That we can only celebrate when everything is going perfectly in our world. We can only celebrate when we've got a job fully employed, when we've got all of our relationships are, 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 are reconciled and good and going well. When I've got a healthy 401k. When my life is positive and good on the outside, then I'm, I'm good on the inside. And I'm celebrating. You, you see, it's amazing in this time that we've been through over the last four months now. Because I, I, I think we've realized, so many of us, me included, uh, because we've had all of these things stripped away from us, uh, as a result of sheltering in place in this pandemic, so many things in this world that we have leaned into and trusted, the things that we celebrated, that we were excited that we had or were a part of our life, the things that we kind of found our identity and thought, you know, you know see, God is blessing me. I'm in, a, I'm in great shape. Look at what all he's given me. These are, I must be doing something right. I must be in right relationship with God because look at all of this. And then some of us, or many of us, we've seen that been stripped away and we have found ourselves in desperation, in despair, in frustration, and in fear. By having that stuff stripped away, we've realized maybe the things that we've been putting our trust in instead of in Jesus. And we have this opportunity right now to re, uh, reassign kind of the value of things in our brain, in our lives, in our hearts. What are the things that we are going to celebrate? Because honestly, when we look around the world right now, it doesn't feel like there's much to celebrate. When we see the, the racial tension that's going on, when we see, you know, defund police, we see support the police, when you see, you know, black lives matter and you see all lives matter, when you see wear a mask, masks are tyranny, uh, what you, uh, there's just chaos all around. We, we can't do our jobs the way we used to do them. They're, they're different. I'm here on a Friday night video recording the services for online service on Sunday. I mean, all of our life has been disrupted. And so we have an opportunity in this time, to reevaluate what we value. What is the things that we find really important? What are the things that we need to have in place in our life in order to celebrate and have joy? 
And see, Jesus is telling the Pharisees here, look, you guys, it's not about your outward signs. It's not about outward blessings. You know, when we receive physical blessings in this world, like most Americans have, boy, the only attitude we can have is just that of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing and abundant, undeserved grace that you've given me. But it's not something that we should lean on and trust in It's not something we should see as a sign of our relationship with God being right. We need to be really careful with that. Because the things that Jesus celebrates, the things that we celebrate in the kingdom of God, first and foremost, are spiritual things. Peace, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things internally that in the kingdom of God, we will be celebrating. The second thing, back to our passage, and read on, just go ahead and continue from verse three. So he told them this parable. (coughs) Excuse me. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. I want to stop right there. Over one sinner. In the kingdom of God... We celebrate individuals. The world and we as Christians have this tendency to celebrate the big things. The the big growth. The, 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 The growing church is a church that is growing numerically. The growing business is the business that's growing financially, getting bigger and bigger and more and more money coming in, more profits, bigger, you know, more employees, continuing to, everything, you know, in our world, we celebrate things getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the bigger it is, usually the greater the celebration. And we see this in the church as well. It's, it's not just the Christian who, 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 who brings one person to Christ that is celebrated. It's the person, it's the evangelist, right? It's the person that brings dozens to Christ. It's not just the one person who maybe disciples one person and spends some time mentoring that one person. No, it's the, it's the person in the church, the Christian in the church, who's mentored dozens over their life that we celebrate. We, we're always looking for the bigger. It's not the small you group of maybe two or three students and and, and the lives that are happening there and the growth that's happening there. No, it's the huge youth group of 100 or 200 and and, and the impact that they're having on the community. It's not just some small ministry where one person goes down and is praying on the streets for homeless. No, no, no. It's dozens from the church that go down every week and are uh, doing soup kitchens and praying for the homeless and caring for them. See, the big things in our world are always the things that we celebrate most. And this is in the church as well. I mean, we see this, and again, I gotta be careful. We see this in the people, the pastors and the churches that we elevate. 
Who are the pastors and churches that write books and have people read those books and bestsellers? You know, who are, who, are those, who are the churches that we all know about and have heard about because of their amazing impact? Now, it's not that they don't deserve some credit. Don't get me wrong. It's not that, it's not that those pastors are not legitimate leaders and, and visionaries who need to be able to write books and have those books read. But my point is, is that we always go to the big things and celebrate those. The bigger the numbers, that's how we get attention. That's, that's, that's the big thing. That's, that's when we were going to focus and we're going to celebrate. But Jesus here, let me read it again. Verse 7, just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Just one. You see, in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, we celebrate the individual. We we celebrate the individual growth that's happening internally with that individual person. In the kingdom of God, we are not concerned with just outside numbers. We're concerned with what's going on internally and that spiritual development, that development of learning to fully enjoy the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. A church that is dwindling and dying numerically can be the, the church that should be most celebrated in the kingdom of God because the individuals in that church are growing exponentially in their ability to connect with Jesus and to see him and to know what he's doing and where he's at work and what he's saying. The individual is what we celebrate in the kingdom of heaven. So often, we as a church like to group people into these different, you know, kind of demographics, old and young, right, or or college age, or maybe they're Shasta students or Simpson students, or maybe they're different ethnicities. You got, you know, Hispanics over here, you got Asians over here, you got Hmongs over here, you got, you know, all these, we like to break everybody up into groups, and then we pursue those groups, and we're looking for those numbers. We're looking for those, you know, not just an individual. We're looking for the group of people and where they are. Instead of focusing in and celebrating the individual and what they have done and what they accomplished and what's going on in their hearts. Instead of trying to treat people as a group, actually looking and sitting down and paying attention to the person across from you. It's not that we don't recognize what demographic they're in but we can't lump them all in that demographic and just treat them as one of the group they are one individual totally unique totally different than anybody else in the kingdom of heaven we celebrate individuals and the growth that is happening internally as they grow and as they get more connected and understand this relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. It's about personal change, not about numeric growth. Again, it's not that we can't celebrate numbers. Numbers are okay. But we gotta be really careful not to zero in only on those things. We recognize that growth comes numerically sometimes. But that's because of Jesus, not because of us. The growth that we always have to be working for in a church, individually and corporately, is the heart. Moving, focusing on the spiritual realm again and trying to develop their understanding of who Jesus is.
All right, back to the passage for one final focus on what the kingdom of heaven celebrates. Jesus then goes on, I'll go ahead and read this last verse again. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And the point here is, what have they done? It's not just the one person, it's not just the individual, but the one who has repented. In other words, salvation. In the kingdom of heaven, we celebrate salvation. We, we celebrate the fact that someone has crossed over from death to life. That they were lost, but now they're found. That they, they now have this reconciled relationship with God. So often in our world, though, salvation is not kind of the, it's not the highest thing to celebrate. It's one of the things we celebrate. But oftentimes, when it comes down to the church and the world and the perspective, we love a transformational story. We love the rags to riches story. We love the, you know, the drug dealer who, who was just you know, he's selling drugs in the streets and his life was just rough and, and really mean. And then he goes to prison and he finds Jesus totally and radically changed and eventually gets out of prison and he becomes you know, a community you know, organizer or re- working out in, in maybe a, a teen facility in this town or whatever and caring on kids and hey, helping them to make sure that they don't get, get into the gangs. Or we, we love the pastor, you know, who, who used to be a gang member, right? And, and he grew up in that gang, and, and maybe he'd, you know, done some really evil and bad things, hurt a lot of people, put him in the hospital in different times, but then they find Jesus, and then they come out of that, and they become a preacher, and a, a, a big preacher, you know, they're out there, you know, everybody knows them, and what a great story. We love those kind of rags to riches story. The atheist, totally against Christ, grew up in the church maybe, but said, no, this is just not true, and and becomes this atheist and actually an activist against Christianity. And then all of a sudden, he has maybe kind of like a a Paul, a Saul kind of experience, and Jesus reveals himself to him, and he totally radically changes, and again becomes an evangelist, where he's going around the world, and he's sharing the gospel message, and people are coming to Christ. We love those kind of stories, and we love to celebrate people that have those stories. And they, became, they become the thing that we lift up and celebrate the most. The, the ones that have had the real life transformation, the ones that we can see on the outside, boy, they've totally transformed. They've become totally different. Man, look at what they're doing now. Look at the, what they're involved in now. Oftentimes, they get into leadership in our churches. Because we're so impressed with where they were, but now where they are today. But in the kingdom of heaven, the greatest celebration is for salvation. The greatest celebration is for the transformation that happens internally the moment an individual bows their knee to Jesus as Lord. That is the greatest celebration. It's not what comes after that. It's not this life now of transformation. Yes, that can be celebrated, and it should be, but that shouldn't be the highest celebration. What is going on here is the biggest thing. They've crossed over from death to life. 
This is the amazing grace of Jesus that if we do not change our life one iota, if we still struggle with sin the rest of our life, we, but we have bowed our knee to Jesus as Lord, we are still saved. Our life is still safe for all eternity. We have crossed from death to life for all eternity. Consider the thief on the cross. Again, I, you know, I've talked about this uh, back couple, several months ago, but uh, the thief on the cross, right? Jesus didn't, you know, it's like after he gave his life to Christ, after he proclaimed Christ, he didn't like all of a sudden, you know, fall off the cross. Like, oh, look, I'm okay, I'm alive, yay. And now he can go and live, right? It's not about what we live after that moment. You know, we've got to live and seek to live that out and that Jesus would come out of us. But understand that that's not the most important thing to celebrate. The most important thing to celebrate is the salvation moment. Because it is in that moment that we are transformed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we, have a new, we become a new creation. Totally transformed internally already. The total transformation has happened. Has it been lived out physically yet? No, it hasn't. But as that happens, and it's going to happen more for some than it will for others. The reality is there will be some that will struggle, some Christians that will struggle with addiction their whole life. But that doesn't mean that their salvation is any less worthy of salvation or celebration. The celebrating moment is for salvation, not for a life that's just lived in Christ. Right? And that's sort of life that we can see the evidence of that salvation. Again, we want that, but we can't just focus on that and only celebrate that. Can we celebrate the salvation? You see, the, the struggle is. Because we celebrate the transformation physically outside of ourselves, we, we set up a situation where those who struggle to realize that outward change and transformation become less, they become more and more filled with guilt and shame because they've not been able to realize what other people have. And so when we're celebrating just the outside, the outward realities of the salvation and people that are able to transform outwardly, we are leaving people behind and making them feel like somehow they're lesser citizens in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, we celebrate salvations. So in our world, we have a tendency to focus on the physical things and seek to celebrate those. We have a tendency to focus on the numbers and the bigger it is, the better it is and that's what we celebrate. We have a tendency to focus on life transformation in the physical world and that is what we celebrate. But in the kingdom of heaven, it starts primarily spiritually. It starts with transformations of the heart. It starts with saying yes to Jesus. These are the things that we celebrate in the kingdom of God. And as a result, it, 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 it tells Christians, those who are involved in the kingdom of God, it tells them what are the important things. It tells them the things that they should be focusing on. It tells them the things that, it tells, it tells them where success lies. 
You see, the important thing in the kingdom of God is first and foremost the spiritual realm. We have been born again spiritually. John 3, right? This is, this is what we get. We're born of water and of the spirit. We've, this is salvation. When, the moment we step through that door of salvation, we receive this spiritual reality that now we need to get in touch with and understand because it's the spiritual realm that impacts the physical realm, not the other way around. So we recognize that that's important, but we also recognize that in order for that to happen, to focus on that, to recognize that that's important, we need to focus then on internal realities of what's going on in our heart. Again, so often our discipleship programs are focused on behavior management, not on spirit development. That we would begin to understand and know who Jesus is. This is why our vision statement says to fully enjoy the relationship with Jesus is because that is what we want people to focus on. We don't want them to focus on behaviors first. We want them to focus on their relationship with Jesus first. And out of that, the the transformation happens physically. As much as God has designed for them, or as little. And then finally, it also tells us what is success. And success in the Christian realm, in the Christian world, in the kingdom of God, is salvation. The reconciliation of our life to our creator. See, that's, the, that's success. Again, so often in the church, we see salvation as the first step onto the road of success. That someday we will live a holy and righteous and, and, and very spiritual life. Someday down the road, that someday we're going to get closer to Jesus. That stepping through the door of salvation, Jesus is still a long ways away. And we've got a long ways to get to him. And every day we're hoping to get closer and closer. Every once in a while we fall back or maybe take a detour. But then we try to get back and we're trying to get closer to Jesus. Success is somewhere in the future. Success is eternity. But it's not today. But that is not what scripture teaches. That's not what Jesus is talking about right now. The reason the greatest celebration that happens here, the reason that all of heaven is celebrating at at salvation is because that is the most important thing. That's the success point. They've done it. The moment we say yes to Jesus, the moment we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord, the moment we step through that narrow gate onto, into salvation, we have become successful. Our relationship with Jesus is perfect. We are righteous. We are one with him. And the rest of our life is lived seeking to fully enjoy that relationship we have. All right. Wanna, uh, just a couple of concluding thoughts and, uh, and then we can move on with some more worship. So I just invite the worship team to come up. Just, uh, just a few statements I want to make about my hope as a church, as a pastor of this church. These are the things that you know, I hope that we can be about as a church. Uh, may we be a church who celebrates what Jesus is doing in the spiritual world, even when the physical world is falling apart. Church, can, can we pay attention to what's going on spiritually? Uh, I have been compelled, I feel like, by the Spirit over the last four months to keep reminding you of the fact that Jesus is at work. 
to, to get our eyes off the physical world, to, to get our eyes off the news and social media because it's just telling us all these physically bad things that are happening and it will depress us. But we as a church need to celebrate what Jesus is doing in the spiritual world because even though what's going on in the physical world seems horrible, Jesus is doing wonderful things. He is at work drawing people to himself. There are people that are being saved left and right because of this. There are people that are open to spiritual movement. There are so many Christians that are reevaluating their life and what they've been trusting because of this pandemic, because of the tensions that we're experiencing. So may we be a church that celebrates the spiritual realities even when the physical realities are in chaos. May we also be a church who celebrates what Jesus is doing through us rather than what we are doing for Jesus. May we be a church that celebrates what Jesus is doing in us and through us rather than just saying, hey, look what I did for you, Jesus, today. We focus internally, recognizing that that is where the growth needs to happen first, and then it'll work its way out. May we be a church also who celebrates those who are totally dependent on Jesus, rather than those who can do it themselves. We give so much credit to those who are super talented and have so many abilities and talents that they can, do so, they can be successful in so many ways in this world. And we look at them and we celebrate them. And it's not, again, that they're not worth celebrating. But may we not just celebrate them. May we recognize that there's something more going on. We, we, want, we want people to be dependent on Jesus. Not dependent on themselves and what they can do. And finally, may we be a church who joins Jesus in celebrating the kingdom of God that comes to individual hearts. May we be a church that recognizes that salvation is a great, perhaps, not even perhaps, salvation is the greatest thing to celebrate. It's what it's all about. That's the success story. The moment that happens, there is joy and celebration in heaven, and we as heavenly beings, as people who have uh, come into the kingdom of heaven, should be celebrating with the angels in the skies. <laughs> We have success stories all around us. This year, as a church, we have the privilege of being a part of 20 different people in this world coming to know Jesus. 20 salvations, 20 success stories, 20 of them that we as a church have had a chance to be a part of in some way. That is reason for celebration, and we should be super excited and overwhelmed with joy over the fact that we've got to participate in that. And this morning, if you were here with us, we wish you were, but we understand reasons you can't be, you would also get to witness 10 people who are publicly proclaiming their faith and trust in Jesus and their choice to submit to him through the act of baptism. 10, 20 people coming to know Christ that we as a church have been a part of. 10 people today that we're baptizing. Maybe we'll do another baptism before the end of the year. I don't know. 
individuals who have chosen to submit to Jesus. These are reasons to celebrate. It shows baptism is is a sign of an internal reality that they're coming to understand more fully what it means to be a follower of Jesus and the follower with with Jesus into baptism as well. These are reasons for us to celebrate as a church. These are the internal things that we need to be focused on, the spiritual realities that are more important than the physical realities. Church, may we be those who live out our lives enjoying the realities of the kingdom of God as we live it out by celebrating the spiritual things above the physical, by celebrating the individuals along with the masses, by celebrating salvation, and then the transformations that come with it as well. These are the things that we celebrate in the kingdom of God. All right, let's play a song and I'll come back up and close our service with prayer. Sing together. I have decided to follow Jesus and I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back I've seen the world the world behind me the cross before me the world behind me the cross before me the world behind me the cross before me no turning back no turning back sing on my Father, we uh, do thank you for your goodness to us, and we thank you for your word, 
and these parables that Jesus teaches where he reveals the essential things, the important things. He reveals the realities of the kingdom of God. Lord, we as Christians, we long to first of all know Jesus, but we also long to be able to live out this reality of the kingdom of God in our life each day. Lord, we pray the prayer uh, that Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, that prayer is, uh, uh, is about the reality that each person, each individual that accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior has the kingdom of God poured into their life. That, that the kingdom of God is now in that space and that, Lord, as they now live out their life, they are taking that kingdom of God wherever they go. Lord, this is what we long for. This is what we desire. This is what uh, our, our focus in our life is, to recognize this reality of our relationship with Jesus. The essentialness of that and to, to recognize that we've been totally transformed, but we internally, but not yet externally. But yet that we would not just focus on the external to try to make it look like the inside, but instead we would continue to look on the inside and trust that the Holy Spirit will transform the outside. Lord, may we be a church that celebrates the spiritual realm, individuals, and salvation. John chapter 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he totally transformed the physical world and made it look really nice and so everybody felt really good about themselves and it was great. No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless. Church, uh, we had a communion this morning in our live service. Uh, we hope, uh, we, we recorded that, and we hope to be able to put it online here at some point, probably on our Facebook group and maybe even on our YouTube channel. So uh, look for that. Uh, I'm sure that you'd want to be able to see those and be able to celebrate with us those baptisms. And so we hope to have those out maybe even by this afternoon, uh, but hopefully by Monday at the latest. Uh, thank you for joining us online again. Uh, we do miss you. We understand there are reasons why you can't be with us. So again, as Bob said earlier, uh, there is no judgment on our part. We're, we're not looking down on you at all. We understand the realities of this world we're in, at least somewhat, and we recognize there's reasons for you not to be here. And so just know that we love you, uh, and, and please don't don't, don't, uh, don't be a stranger in the sense that if there's something that you need or if there's a specific prayer request, please reach out to us, reach out to me or Pastor Bob, one of the elders. Let us know what's going on so that we can come alongside you. If there's needs that you have, uh, let us know so that we can come and help. Uh, we want to continue to be able to care for you as much as we can, even though we're not able to be together on Sunday mornings. All right, church, God bless you. We got one more song. I want you to belt it out. It's a good celebration song. So belt it out with China and the worship team and uh, have a great rest of your day. God bless.
Praise God. Have a blessed week. <laughs> Have a blessed week. See you next time.